What does God really think about you? Do you think you've made so many mistakes that he must hate you by now? Has the pain, shame, and guilt of your past held you in captivity and left you wondering if there's any hope left for you? Maybe you're one of those who've been so hurt by church leaders and church people that you have all but given up on God. Well, I'm here to tell you that today is turnaround time. This is where we draw a line in the sand and tell the enemy it's this far and no more. This is the Sounds of Surviving Overcomers Overcome podcast. So, so. And I'm your host, Melinda Brown. Hi, my friends. I am sorry I have not been back since December 9th, and I'll go into a little bit of why that is. No good excuse. But I want to start this out because today is New Year's Eve day, and I was sitting here with the Lord since early this morning, and I felt like I kept hearing him say some very important things that I'm just going to, I'm just going to say. Uh, What really provoked me were two things. One was a post from my friend Tissa, who I actually go to school with at BSSM. And she shares, it's not exactly a poem, but it's a writing. And it's called Ask Him Again by Lake and Brooke Davis. I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to read the scripture that my son-in-law um, had read and and share with you how I felt the Holy Spirit had put those two together and placed a, um, a, just a real word on my heart for someone today. I'm just going with it, okay? I know, I know. You've already asked him a million times. I see those eyes rolling. But today, ask him a million and one. Yes, ask him again. Ask him again for that child to come home, that marriage to be healed, that mountain to move. Ask him again for that friendship to mend, that work to begin, that end of tunnel light to appear. Ask him again for the one who needs rescue, the one who needs healing, the one who needs new direction, new guidance, new focus. Yes, even if that one is you. Ask him again for what you need, for what you want, for joy in the sorrow, help in the struggle a sip of living water in the heat of your schedule, and the time to just sit at the well. Amen? Ask him again. Ask him again to provide springs in your land. And while you're at it, give thanks for that land, no matter how dry it is now, knowing he's given it to you with good purpose. Yes, ask him again. Ask him again to dig up the soil and plant the seeds. Ask him again to stir up and settle. Make and remake. Pour out his peace that passes all understanding because, frankly, you could use a hefty dose about now. Yes, and amen. Ask him again for all that seems lost and all that seems nowhere even near the city of possible. And ask him believing he can. Yes, ask him again. Not because you don't think he heard you the first million times, but because you are realizing the longer you truly live, 
that persistence is a pretty strong faith builder, not to mention how close it keeps you to him for whom all things are possible and nothing is too hard. And because faith-based strength to persevere and closeness with your creator is what you really need. Whew, yes, absolutely. Ask him again. With fresh eyes and a renewed spirit and a passionate resolve that he can, and if it's his will, he will. And if it's not, you will keep on asking. You will keep on seeking. You will keep on believing because persistent faith is where it's at. It fastens its gaze on hope. Oh, I'm going to read that again. It fastens its gaze on hope. The hope that is always three steps. Father, Son, Holy Spirit ahead, providing the perfect focal point. Yes, and it never disappoints. Amen. So today, bow low, look up, and ask him again. And the scripture is Matthew ten twenty six and 27. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, Do not be afraid or intimidated by others, for God will bring everything out into the open and every secret will be told. What I say to you in the dark, repeat in broad daylight, and what you hear in a whisper, announce it publicly. And like my son-in-law said, some of the translations will will say, announce it from the rooftops or declare it from the rooftops. And I saw this picture of this post-it note that's up on my mirror in my bathroom. I'll have to look at the date and let you know what the date on that is. But when I hear the Lord speak a word, I'll usually write it in a book, write it in a journal, or I'll stick it on a post-it, whatever's close by. And this particular one, he had spoken to me, well, must have been upstairs in my bathroom. And when I say I literally have a pen and post-it paper everywhere, I'm not kidding. You can ask anyone that has been to my house. There are post-its all over the place. Because when the word comes alive inside of my heart, I hear God breathe on it, I write it down. He may be speaking something to me specifically at that moment. It might be for a later time, but I always know it's significant because his word is active and alive. It's active and alive always. And so that's why it's important that we read his word. Side note, that we get in the word and read our Bibles because at that, at that right moment, it's going to come out. You may not think that it's doing anything when you're reading it, but it is. Trust me on that. When I heard my son-in-law say that, I saw this picture of this post-it. And on it, I had written these exact words, and, and God brought it to my memory. And what it said is, Speak the words I have placed in your mouth, regardless of who... Sorry. Speak the words I have placed in your mouth, no matter who likes it or who doesn't like it. And the scripture brought that back up because he said, speak the words I've placed in your mouth. It doesn't matter who likes it or who doesn't. And earlier this morning, when I was um, listening to a few things that I felt the Holy Spirit was bringing to my attention, one of them was by Lance Wall now. You can look him up on Facebook, um, look him up on all kinds of social media. But anyway, he has some really good stuff. He was talking to... One of his, uh, his, I would say, his, uh, it's like Batman and Robin, you know, like 
he's the Batman and she's the Robin, be Mercedes Sparks. And they were, I I can't remember specifically what they were talking about, but it had something to do with um, thoughts and how God has called us to be authentically expressing who we are our, through our personality and through the the God-given um, person that he made you to be, he uses that. You don't have to be anybody else. You And if you try to, it's not going to be effective anyway. You're just going to exhaust yourself, you know? Um, you hear a lot of Christian sayings. One of them is, be a voice, not an echo. Well, okay, I, I agree and disagree with that. If what God's placed in you echoes what somebody else has said, say it anyway. Let God be the judge of that. And that brought me to the scripture. That brought me to 2 Corinthians. Uh, let's see here. 2 Corinthians 10, where Paul is defending his authority. And I'm going to skip to... Um, Let's see here. All right, I'm just going to start with 10.1, all right? And we'll see what the Holy Spirit does with it. But I know that the Holy Spirit is going to bring this full circle back around with a point. So hang in there. It says, uh, I'm going to read it in the Passion because I really like it in the Passion. Um, It says, now please listen for I need to address an issue. I'm making this personal appeal to you by the gentleness and self-forgetfulness of Christ. That made me chuckle. I'll tell you why in a minute. I am the one who is humble. And it says, I am the one who is humble and timid. And that's in quotes. And when face to face with you. Okay, sorry. Let me go back. I am the one who is, quote, humble and timid, unquote, when face to face with you. But, quote, bold and outspoken when a safe distance away. Now that's 2 Corinthians 10.1. And when I read that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, he's not calling himself humble. He's saying that this is what people have been saying about him. Right? And he goes on in verse 2. Now I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, which I'm willing to do by daring to confront. All right? I'm going to read that again. Now, I plead with you that when I come, don't force me to take a hard line with you, which I'm willing to do by daring to confront those who mistakenly believe that we are living by the standards of the world, not by the Spirit's wisdom and power. So did you hear that? What he's saying is that these people are, they're they're basically judging what it is that I'm saying based on their own mistaken perception, their own filter, their own, they're falsely hearing what I'm saying, but I'm saying it anyway. And don't make me take a hard line about it. I will if I need to. And you can say whatever it is you want to say about it. You can make it to be something it's not. You can hear what I'm not saying instead of what I'm saying, but that's not my problem. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to take the God-given authority that God has given me himself using my personality, my characteristics, my authenticity, and communicate it in in the way that only I can. And it might sometimes sound like somebody else and it might not, but I'm going to say it anyway. 
And it goes on. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Now that's some good stuff right there. Um, If I read it in the NLT, it says, 3 and 4. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Now, when I read that, it was the first time I've read it this way. And I heard him saying what what Paul was saying is that pay attention to the fruit of what I'm saying. Say pay attention to the fruit of my of of my life and you'll 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 find out what the motive is. Don't be quick to judge what I'm saying based on your own false perceptions and your twisted idea of what the word says. Pay attention to the fact that when someone comes up against me, how do I, how am I responding? I'm not using, uh, I'm not using the word as a weapon against you. I'm just being who God designed me to be. I'm doing what he's asked me to do and I'm being obedient. Some will like it, some won't. And there are times that the enemy will come at you. He loves to use people, especially fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to do it, to get you, to dissuade you from opening your mouth and doing what it is that God has asked you to do and what you should be doing from being obedient. And I haven't had that happen with me That's not why it's taken this long to do this podcast, I have to tell you. But what I keep, what I was hearing him say is that that often keeps a person from fulfilling their God-given call because you don't want to write that book. You don't want to do that podcast. You don't want to bring that word in front of the congregation. You don't want to write that article or that blog or do that video or whatever it is that the Holy Spirit is nudging you to do because fear has stood in the way and kept you from proclaiming from the rooftops whatever it is that he has spoken to you in the hidden place, in the secret place. So I'm going to go on here before I carry on on that thought, on that little rabbit trail there. That was a free one. It says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes I'm going to go back. This is the uh, Passion Translation. Verse 5. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the Anointed One. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. So you choose, <laughs> I hear Paul saying, I'm choosing complete obedience and I stand ready to come up and stand up and speak up against the liars, against the people that want to twist what I'm saying and make it something that it's not. I'm not going to be intimidated and shut up and shut down and stepped backwards by those that want to be used 
but don't even know they're okay those that are being used by the enemy to silence me because i know what my authority is and i know what the weapons are and i know that truly my weapons of warfare aren't between me and the people they're actually spirits <laughs> principalities and powers of darkness that come into people and they will build up a case against those that are pressing forward and doing God's work. And if you want to know the difference, you'll see it in the fruit. You'll see it in the fruit. See, it's God that judges the motives and the intentions of our heart. And while our words, yes, absolutely, I am a words person. They are containers of power that contain life or death. The power of life and death is in the tongue. But I really believe that our first place that God is concerned about is the the motive of our heart, the intention of our heart. Because if that intention is if that intention is ill or is warped or tainted or evil in any way shape or form, it will come out of your mouth. It will. Watch a person. Wait long enough. And you will see what's really going on. But most importantly, examine, ask God to constantly examine your own heart. Take your heart before him. Don't be critical of yourself. You, you have to be careful with being critical of yourself. I've heard Bill Johnson say this before in one of my classes. He said, be, be weary of uh, self-critical, of being self-critical, because it won't be long before that overflows onto others and you become critical of other people. But you do want to be aware. And you do want to say, look, whoa, when something comes out of you that you know is not a, f- a f- fruit of the Spirit, Using the excuse, I was born this way, this is just my, my um, the way my family is or was, this is just my culture, my culture is to swear every other word or, you know, whatever it is. No, if it sets itself, if it offends love, it offends God, period. And I'm going to leave that right there. So then um, Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 10, um, 10, 7, he says, You seem to always be looking at people by their outward appearances. If someone's confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself of this. I'm going to read that again. If someone is confident that he belongs to Christ, he should remind himself, remind himself of this. We belong to Christ no less than he does. He's talking to you, the Christian, who wants to be critical of another Christian brother or sister and judge the motives of their heart because maybe you just don't like them or they said something that offended you or did something that offended you and so, or, or you heard a rumor and now you believe it And that seed's been planted in your spirit. And now you've basically crucified that brother or sister in your heart. And you're too prideful to deal with that sin. Right? 
He's talking to you and he's saying, you should remind yourself that I belong to Christ no less than you do. Remember that. Remember that. That one can preach. Sorry about the pause, but it deserved it. Then it says, I am not ashamed, even if I've come across as one who has overstated the authority given to us by the Lord. He, he, did you, he said, even if I come across that way, if I come across that way to you, I'm not ashamed. That's, that's your problem. That's not my problem. All right? Recognize it as your problem. And then you'll get some freedom. Then you're going to grow up a little bit. Then you'll get some maturity under your belt. He says, I'm going to read that again. I'm not ashamed, even if I've come across as one who has overstated the authority given to us by the Lord, for it is the authority to help build you up, not tear you down. I don't want to seem as though I'm trying to bully you (laughs) with my letters. I don't want to seem that way. But (laughs) if I do, pay attention. He says, and then I would go back to pay attention because you should remind yourself that I belong to Christ no less than you do. Pay attention to that if that's what you're thinking about me. He says, it's the authority to help you build you up, not tear you down. This is to help mature you. Even if it stings, it's not to tear you down. It's to help you. (laughs) He says, um, for I can imagine after he goes and he says, I don't, I want, I don't want to seem as though I'm trying to bully you. But he says, um, for I can imagine some of you, what some of you are saying. <laughs> he says, I can imagine what some of you are saying. You're saying, quote, his letters are authoritative or his letters are authoritative and stern. But when he's with us, he's not that impressive. And he's a poor speaker. <laughs> So he's basically saying, I can imagine what what some of you are saying, you know, talking about me behind my back. Such a person, listen, such a person should realize that when we arrive, there'll be no difference in the actions we take and the words we write. So such a person that should have the thoughts that they're having and the attitudes and the fault, making the saying, I'm just going to say it, saying the gossip spreading slander and lies and rumors amongst yourselves, brothers and sisters, such a person should realize that when we arrive, there's not going to be any difference between the actions that we take and the words that we write. Then he goes on. And now he's declaring his apostolic mandate. He says in verse 12, Of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate highly amongst themselves. They compare themselves to one another. I'm going to read that again. Of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those, those who rate themselves so highly. They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by. And then... They judge themselves by our standards. Did you catch that? I'm going to read it again. Of course, we wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hear uh, the rat in um, in that movie, Muppet Christmas Carol, where he says, Okay, Mr. Hoity-toity Smarty Pants. <laughs> I've clearly watched way too many Christmas specials this season, if there is such a thing as too many. Side note. They compare themselves to one another, and they make up their own standards so they're out there, pay attention, they're out there putting each other down, comparing themselves. It's like um, instead of comparing themselves to Christ and holding themselves up against the light of the word of God, which is truth and can set the captive free, they are holding their standards up to one another. They're comparing one another, living in comparison, right? And they're making... and. And through that, they're making up their own standards to measure themselves by. And then, so then they they create their own standards, right? And I'm going to put in parentheses, I would say that they call it God standards. And then they judge themselves by their own standards rather than the standard of the word of God, right? It doesn't say that, but I added that. That was my own little ad lib there. And then he says, what self-delusion? He just calls it what it is, doesn't he? But we are, we, me and my team, me and my uh, Father God, Son Jesus and Holy Ghost. All right, let me go back. We are those who choose to limit our boasting to only the measure of the work to which God has appointed us. To the work of which God has appointed us. What has he appointed you to do in 2022? What has he asked you to shout from the rooftops? I'm going to I'm going to echo what my son-in-law said. It was a good word. He said, "What has he asked you to do?" And he also said, now this part of it didn't apply to me, but it could apply to you. Where do you need freedom? And you're going to get freedom by doing the thing, doing the thing that he's asked of you to do, obedience. No matter who likes it or who doesn't like it, what do you know that God has asked you to do? What, what are you passionate about? <laughs> what are you passionate about? Because today's the last day of 2021. I don't know about you, but I'll be glad to see it go. I was a lot more glad to see 2020 go, but I'm going to be glad to see 2021 go. But I, at the same time, I could give you a list of over a hundred things I'm so thankful for. And I might just do that later for anyone who cares to listen. Let's get back to the point of what I believe the Holy Spirit is saying here. He says, um, We are those who choose to limit our boasting to only the measure of the work to which God has appointed us. A measure that, by the way, has reached as far as you. When he says as far as you, that gets me too. Because think about it. When we read Bible, the Bible, we have to make sure that we read it in context. We read it in context of what was it saying back then? So in that culture and in that day and age, What was it like then that makes what he's saying so profound? Because back then, they didn't have radio. They didn't have podcasts. They didn't have cell phones. Like, they 
had, in order for their word to spread far and wide, like it had to be an active move of God, in my opinion. And he's basically saying, what we've been saying has reached you. What you guys have been saying has reached one another. Because you're too busy being busybodies and not about the Father's business. Sorry, this is a little hard work, guys. I didn't expect it, but it's, com- it's what's coming out. Oh, I'm sorry, not sorry. You know that phrase. Let me go on. And since you're within our assigned limits, we didn't overstep our boundaries of authority by being the first to announce to you the wonderful news of the Anointed One. We are not trying to take credit for the ministry done by others, going beyond the limits God set for us. Instead, our hope soars as your faith continues to grow, causing a great expansion of our ministry among you. Then we can go and preach the good news in the regions beyond you without trespassing on the ministry sphere of our laborers and of what they have already done. For, this is verse 17, the one who boasts must boast in the Lord. Verse 18, I highlighted. So let's be clear. To have the Lord's approval and commendation is of greater value than bragging about oneself. And I'm going to leave that right there. I'm just going to leave it right there. So we're going into a new year. And you want to go in with a fresh heart and a, and a clear mind, don't you? You know, Pastor James would call it uh, going clean. I, I challenge my friends who are listening today to stop and sit down with the Lord and ask him to show you what it is, highlight to you, what it is in your life that you need to leave behind and what it is in your life that you need to take with you and and make a list and don't stop until you stop hearing him speak he's going to start speaking he will he's going to it might be in a picture that you see in your mind it might be in something that you remember, maybe a text that you remember from someone, or maybe a text you were supposed to send, or an email. Um, It might be a call that you need to make that you haven't made. It might be a call that you shouldn't be making. (laughs) It might be something you need to repent of. But let's go into 2022 clean. With a clean hands and clean heart. That we won't turn against one another. That we need to, if you are a child of God and you call yourself a child of God, just like Paul is saying, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. And if it's not, first, what God do you want to do in me? What do you want to grow in me? What is it that you want to weed out of me? And if instead it's your brother or your sister and you're going around and you're still spun up in the nasty dirtiness of gossip and busybodiness, then you're double-minded. You're living a false life. 
and we don't have time to waste. There is no time to waste. I am not some doomsday person, but I'm a, I'm a Jesus lover. And I know his heart is for his people, his children, to come back to him. Those who have strayed away and don't even know you've strayed, come back. All you have to do is turn. The Bible says that when you turn to him, the veil is lifted. And there are those that are really blind right now and th- you think you see. And those that there are those that think you see and you're really blind. I mean, that could go both ways, right? But the way to know is ask him. Say, examine my heart, God. Show me that there's any wicked way in me. And deal with me. I don't want to go into another year without clean hands and a clean heart. I want to be effective for the kingdom of God and not infective. Silence my tongue if I dare say another nasty, mean, self-righteous, judgmental thing about one of my brothers and sisters that are out there going after it. I hear a lot of people who have put down big ministries for no reason. Jealousy, maybe. I hear, jealous much? If you would be going about your father's business, you wouldn't be so busy going about somebody else's. It's time to let it go. Love God. Love your neighbor. Love each other. Get free. Do what it is that you know to do. You know what it is. I always know what it is. Don't deny it anymore. Don't let pride get in the way. Just let God deal with you. He loves you so much. He wants to use you in mighty ways. Don't let the devil lie to you and steal any more of your life. He's not going to steal any more of mine. <laughs> and he's, he has tried. He has tried hard, especially over the past few days. You wouldn't believe the day I had yesterday. I'm not going to go into it because I'm not giving the devil that kind of attention. I'm just telling you, if the heat is on, that is a clear sign to me that I am on the right trail and I need to open my mouth and say what words he has placed in my mouth. No matter who likes it or who doesn't like it because I love you. And I wish that someone would have said some of these things to me who had the heart of the Lord when I needed to hear them. Because if I know you love me, I can hear hard things. But nobody can hear hard things from a total jerk. You just cancel out everything that God has placed inside of you by not letting him correct your character and your personality flaws and using the excuse that this is just my culture or this is just how God made me. No, he didn't. He didn't make you rude. Let him fix that in you. 
You may have a powerful calling on your life. You may have a powerful word in your heart, but nobody's going to listen to you if you don't let God work on you. Nobody's going to listen. And in fact, you're going to do more damage than you're going to do good. It's best to sit quiet until you've allowed him to rub you down, put you through the fire. Some of you wonder why you keep going through the fire. Some of you wonder why it hurts so much and doesn't stop. Because you're just not submitting yourself. You're not submitting yourself to what to his correction, to his discipline, what he wants to weed out. He wants to put his finger on something and it hurts. And instead of letting yourself feel it and going through it, you push it down even farther and then keep trying to do God's work. And you're causing more damage to the kingdom than good. Keep it up. He'll use a donkey like me. (laughs) He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And he has big plans for 2022. I'm in total agreement with what I heard Lance say. Lance Wallnow. He said uh, 2022 is going to be Um, It's going to be a season of divine recalibration, recovering what was lost. I, I want back what was lost, don't you? I'm certainly not going to let my unwillingness to submit to his beautiful hand of loving correction that wants to weed out all of those, uh, roots that have got themselves super deeply buried inside of my soul because it's uncomfortable I'm certainly not going to allow that to stand between me and what it is that God wants to recover in my life and it's not going to be the same it's going to be better it's going to be better than it was because you know what you plus him is everything you need He has placed everything inside of you that you need to overcome in this life. But you have to get into agreement with the truth and stop entertaining the lies. Every time you entertain a lie, you empower a liar. I remember Pastor James' wife, Debbie, she used to say, it's one thing to have the first thought. It's quite another to entertain that thought and continue on it. That's when it starts to get a foothold in your life. And when the Lord reveals a thought that is negative, that goes against the word of God, that offends love, if it's about you and it offends love, it's not from God. I'll tell you that right now. Don't get it twisted. I'm saying that if it is offending love, And you know what offends love? Anything that is critical, anything that is demeaning, anything that is, that makes you feel shame. Conviction is not the same as shame. To know his voice, you have to know him. You need to examine the fact that God loves you and he wants the best for your life. His best for your life. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. These are plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. It doesn't matter what I go through because I have hope. I have hope. I have the Rahab rope hope. (laughs) Hope rope. (laughs) The Rahab hope rope. I think I heard Dr. Brian Simmons say that one time. Come on, guys. This is going to be the best year you've ever had. And that's in agreement with a lot of people that I've heard say it, including Pastor James Levesque, including, including Lance Wallnow. But it's up to you to grab hold of it. I'm going to leave with one more thing here because this is getting long and then I may do another one later. But you need to know that if, if you've prayed a wild, radical prayer, like I have, that says, I'm going to just throw something out there. Lord, I want the nations. I want to be like Peter. I want my shadow to heal people when I walk by. I want to be so confident in my identity in you that I am unoffendable. That no matter what a person says to me, it can't touch me because I've died. I have died to myself. It is no longer that me me that lives it is christ who lives in me therefore and he is resurrected he can't die he can't die again (laughs) he's alive forevermore eternal my hope is eternal so you can't kill me i'm already a dead person if you recognize that I want that over there but i'm going through some stuff i'm going through some crushing it's really hard and it really hurts God just might tap you on the shoulder like he did me and remind me so gently, you prayed for this because you see what I have for you on the other side is going to require a lot more muscle than you have right now. But going through this process that you're in, you're going to get strong. I'm going to build in you the muscle in your character, in your personality, in your integrity, I'm going to build in you the muscle, your love muscle. Come on now. And that is going to get stronger as you go through these trials with me. You're going to grow. You're going to mature. And when I hand you that thing that I have for you on the other side, you're going to be able to carry the weight of it. And it won't crush you underneath. Don't be in a rush or be in a hurry. It's all on God's timeline. It's like when you're in labor and you try to push before the before you've dilated to a 10. Don't try to give birth to a baby before you're dilated to a 10. You're just going to slow down the process. It's going to take longer to get to the other side. Don't resist the process. Go with the flow. When you're having contractions, breathe through them. I've given birth five times, so <laughs> I have the authority to say that. Anyway, friends, I may be back later. I might not, but I want to wish all of you a very blessed, happy, safe new year. I pray that you spend your time wisely because you don't get it back. Forgive those that you need to forgive. Let stuff go once and for all. 
doesn't mean you have feelings have to get along in alignment with it, but they will eventually. You don't have to. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that you you don't have to feel like forgiving someone or like you've forgiven in order to forgive. But forgive anyway, and the feelings will catch up. Make the choice. If the Holy Spirit lives in you, you can forgive. And if you're not a follower of Jesus right now, if you do not know him as your Lord and Savior, I urge you, reach out to me. If you are listening to this and you have my phone number, you can always call me, text me. Text me is always better first. You can send me a letter in the mail (laughs) if you know my address. Reach out. I'd be happy to have a conversation with you if you have questions. I want my legacy to be that those that I love will love Jesus. I was a wandering soul Traveling a well-worn road A sinner so far from home No second chance inside I heard you call my name I felt you lift my shame And I made a vow Cry in my heart.